Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listening to Black Cast. I don't want to watch what's on the TV. iTunes app put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listening to Black Keep up on comics and movies Two phone ring, I answer hoodies I can't talk, call back if you please Listening to Blackcast You don't know what you are missing Damn fine show hosted by Christian He's just dope, no ass I'm kissing Listening to Blackcast Click subscribe on this podcast You won't be the first, but don't you be last Listen while you pumping your gas Listening to Blackcast on this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listening to Blackcast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Blackcast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listening to Blackcast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Blackcast on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't tripping. Listening to Blackcast. My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow Listen in the Black Cast Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever Oh, it's not Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right It's that guy Christian, you rock! Welcome to the Black Cast. This is a long time coming here, of course, in the bunker where I belong. I think then when things go back to normal, excuse me, if things go back to normal, I might just keep doing the Black Cast from down here. I love being here, isolated, surrounded by all my stuff. Maybe I'll show uh, some of it to our special guest. Who is our special guest? The one, the only, Mr. Flobo Boyce. How's it going? So glad to be part of the Black Cast, finally, episode 4070. After a year, this is uh, episode 368, uh, <laughs> and after uh, a few years of hearing me promote it, I uh, realized we reached the end of the two shows that we were doing together, Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. and Star Trek Picard, in the same week. And I was yeah. like, man, I am definitely going to go through Flobo withdrawal, and there's one thing that... Black Cast Nation needs to know about Flobo Boyce. And that's the simple fact that he generates new content <laughs> every week. That's and true. Uh, Flobito.com, new content every week. Flobito.com. Flobito.com. Uh, now, a big part of the Flobito empire is that you're a, a DJ, like weddings and special events. I'm going to assume that uh, that work maybe has dried up for a little while. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a very good question because it's kind of – we're still in that realm of, hey, look, maybe we can salvage the year. And so a lot of my couples have thankfully decided to try to you know, postpone or find a free week and towards the end of the year, which is okay because that means you're still generating that revenue. Just, you're not working as much now, but you're going to work that, that money later. Uh, if this becomes a more of an extended shutdown, then yeah, it's going to look like uh, pretty much leads are going to dry up and there will be cancellations and that's yeah. not fun. And uh, you're actually one of the only people I know that has flown within the last couple of weeks, right? Was it two weeks ago? I forget exactly when it was. You, you, you flew know, to Florida, was, right? 
Yeah, it was that week. It was the I was in Florida when sports shut down. So yeah. my show was uh, March twelfth, the Thursday. So I flew yeah. on the Wednesday. I said, "Oh, it's kind of serious or whatnot." Uh, and then I heard other territories were considering killing the bar scene, but I was in a tourist town, which is even more dangerous. So uh, I yeah. flew back that Sunday, and I went immediately into self quarantine because I was like, "Well, I didn't know my exposure rate about at all uh, that yeah. weekend, but I'm not showing any symptoms or whatever." So. Yeah, because it's been two weeks. Yeah, and I, I had uh, I, I've talked about this on the last couple of, of uh, Blackcast. The beginning of March, so let's see, it was March third. Uh, I was actually at an event at Staples Center. I went uh, I went to a Kiss concert because I like to rock and roll all night and party every day. That's right. <laughs> and there was like twenty thousand people. So over those couple of weeks afterwards, I started to think. That's a lot of people. And then when you hear about some of the infections in the NBA, there were a lot of them that had the the common thread of, well, they all went to Staples Center. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, as of, uh, you know, knock on all the wood around. Uh, so, I mean, that one in particular, that's now almost, uh, well, really almost four weeks ago. So, sure, sure. Uh, but you know, it's now it's like you start thinking about things that are, are, are a little nerve wracking, you know, and I went to a much smaller concert on March 11th and it's so crazy to think about the stuff we were doing pre Friday the 13th and eerily Friday the 13th is sort of this, this kind of line of demarcation for uh, a lot of uh, activities and, you know, the warnings and, and, and everything. So, so they cancel the XFL. That's when they decided. Well, the XFL season I know. And, and, yeah. and you were all in the season on the XFL, weren't you? You were so excited. I was. I, you know what? I played football for a grand total of three weeks in high school. Yeah. Um, I, I was a, a, a nose guard. I was five okay. foot eight, 275 at the time. Uh, and I was a fan of football, but to me, NFL got so kind of slow and, and whatever. When the XFL came, it was like, wow, fast pace and goofy team names and, and like, awesome jerseys and it was it was a lot of fun what is our hometown team is it the new york dragons uh new york guardians the seattle dragons on the west side <laughs> i always you remember always the that. Dra- I know, it's the same thing and, and i wasn't even doing it to make the same joke i'm like no i yeah. think it's the dragons i know uh, arena football dragons. had a had a team called the long island dragons I think oh okay yeah, yeah. I, and and the let's see the red bulls that's soccer so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah all right they have two teams there's red bull and then there's a uh, new york city football club oh yeah 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 so all right uh so that's uh that, that's a little bit of that the common ground there i know you were very in on this season of the xfl and one of the one of the areas of expertise that flobo boys has over at after buzz tv is uh wrestling so i mean that's an extension because yeah. that's vince mcmahon's essentially that's his you know, trying it again after, uh, you know, I guess they had two seasons, like in, in the early 2000s, right? The they, first one was only one season. Oh, and only one season. Got, yeah, that's what got me into it. It was yeah. the fact that this guy had this idea that failed spectacularly to the point where it became a punchline for 20 years. Sure. And this guy decided to do it again with the same name. Like he didn't, I was like, dude, I got to see what this is about. But it, the, the, the football's actually good. So I mean, I'd heard that from other people. I'd heard, you know, people had been going to the games and stuff. And they, they you know, they shut it down. And they're like, yeah, we'll be back next year. Uh, so the I know uh, I know people who like wrestling. Um, it's you know some, when I was a, when I was a kid, my brother liked it more than I did. But we're talking like the the heyday of like you know Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper, you know that crowd. And so it's like that's the the extent of like the guys that I know. But uh, so have you watched wrestling your whole life? Did you get back into it more recently, or, or is it just all the way through for you? 
Um, I'm one of the few that actually watched it my entire life, but I didn't have cable. So even oh, though yeah. I watched it consistently, there are some gaps in there, which is like the new generation era, which is like considered 94 yeah, to yeah. 96. I kind of didn't, I kind of like watch results. I had kids tape the shows for me, but I was a lifelong fan. Uh, it was from my dad. My dad, he, he came to this country in the 70s, uh, New York City, uh, he, but he felt like the most American. Like he, like, he was a part of uh, the culture going to wrestling matches because everyone went to Madison Square Garden, regardless of size, color, yeah, creed, sure. and all cheered and booed the same person. Uh, he was a Chief J Strongbow guy. So hearing these stories, Growing up, there was a similar uh, wrestler in Tatanka. They're both Native American characters. I was uh, instantly enamored in that. So I feel like everything I've learned in life, I've learned through wrestling. How to deal with people, to, uh, to expect swerves and heel tears and changes, wearing costumes, looking your best. All that thing came from wrestling. The comedy, I got through wrestling as well. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that uh, all of us as humans are capable of that heel turn at uh, at a, the drop of a hat, you know. Uh, and so, yeah. And so then here's here's the the tenuous connection that I have to wrestling now is that uh, my I hear a lot of clips from wrestling pre-shows because I enjoy listening to uh jim norton has a radio show with sam roberts and i guess people hate him yes uh wrestling fans like in particular because it's, it's always and like he seems to enjoy it and they just boo him every time he opens his mouth now as somebody's actual fan of wrestling is that because he doesn't belong there or is it because he's too too vocal with his opinions or, or what is that uh, it looks like Sam Roberts is a fantastic guy or whatever. But in the wrestling space, what he does is he has these opinions that are controversial sure. but fails to back them up. So one of the biggest <laughs> moments that people are having a hard like, I'm out with Sam Roberts was uh, there was a wrestler by the name of Bianca Belair uh, who was going to have a uh, women's title match uh, on a pay-per-view. And she's like a pure athlete, one of the strongest, like physically pound-for-pound female competitors. Uh, and she's number one contender. And Sam Roberts gets on his pregame show and goes, yeah, I don't really see her. She's not really that that good. <laughs> and he was like, first of all, she's number one contender. By by <laughs> definition, she should be good. And second of all, where do you get off? Ah, oh, you and your perm. Yeah. So a lot of fans kind of jump off the boat with Sam Roberts. But oh, he's a friend funny. of After Buzz, so I can't. No, he's a, fr- he's a friend of After Buzz, let's be honest. I mean, I listen to the radio show that he's He's a bit of a dick, actually. But <laughs> it's very entertaining. It's sort of in the right way. It's a way that works for the radio. But I think when you start translating it out to other things, maybe not. I've met him a few times. He's always very nice. To, well, mostly nice to me. So, uh, but anyway, I, I was just curious, and uh, I know. So you do a few wrestling shows on After Buzz, right? More do you do you do Raw and uh, uh, Raw and NXT, and okay. then I contribute on the pay per view, which is a monthly uh, thing on Sundays. Uh, right. Yeah. And so that the the reason I'm you know I'm bringing up wrestling because I know that it's uh, one of your interests, but also I find it interesting that they're still going to go through with WrestleMania, right? But they're obviously instead of having it in a seventy thousand seat arena in Tampa, they have this performance center or something. So it's just going to be no crowd, and they've been doing shows with no crowds for a while, right? Yeah, this is entering week three of the right. performance which, center, which is like... There was like a, a hot second where we were told that the NBA was going to play with no crowds. The NCAA was going to do March Madness, which, you know, I don't even know if we can use the term March Madness anymore because what March <laughs> is going to be more insane than this one that we've had? But, you know, <laughs> all these things were going to happen with no crowds and then that ended up not coming to pass. But, but WWE has been doing that, right? 
Correct. They have been having their shows uh, with minimal staff on camera work and stuff and with no crowd. And, and, and it is kind of a, an odd thing to, to, to experience as a fan. And as someone has to like write these shows now based on how the whole structure of the wrestling shows have changed. Because it's, I have to say when I'm at parties and I want to be all like, you know, snooty, I'll say, hey, look, professional wrestling is theater in the round. It's Shakespeare for a modern era. So the unwashed matches and the washed matches as well. But it has to need some kind of response. So you have these guys doing the same promos saying, I'm going to kick your ass tonight talking to nobody. And it's so bizarre. But credit to them for actually at least getting a show moving to WrestleMania. It's their biggest event of the year. People always say you should postponed it just stopped it um they don't have the luxuries of like ancillary forms of income that other sports have their main core product is a live event business i'm hoping to take a break after the biggest show of the year but yeah as as it is right now it's all going to be taped or uh, pre-taped uh with yeah problem. yeah no look i think it makes sense and look this is a time for you know uh actually putting product out there so if they're able to do it in a way you know, I guess the actual wrestlers can't possibly social distance from one another. Although, I guess that would be funny if you did one match that way, where <laughs> they don't actually come into any contact. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing too is that you know ESPN has had nothing to put on, so I understand that they're actually airing old WrestleManias every week or, or something. So yeah, tonight, it, the night we're recording this episode, I think WrestleMania 32 was yeah. the one they showed. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, I don't know, it makes sense that it's probably fairly accessible for most people. And uh, and as I established, you're in the content business. You understand the importance of, of new content. And, yeah. I mean, I'm doing new content every day right now, uh, recording Black Cast, saving them for another day. I did, I, I, I think you even watched my little, uh, my little uh, opening, my unbagging video that I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's something comforting about being back here and it's so easy using, using zoom. It's like, man, if you know, I mean, I know that uh, anybody who had money to, to put money in any kind of stocks, it's all gone. But I think if we could have bought stock in zoom, I'd never heard of zoom three weeks ago. And now <laughs> I use the word zoom uh, multiple times in a day and not in the way that Rex and effect use it. I, I don't want to <laughs> boom, boom in a zoom, zoom. It's actual, like I'm, I even told I just, my wife, is like, I got to go zoom with one of the guys for, that I know from after bus. It's, it's, it's a verb now. It's what yeah, we do. Absolutely. It's, it's the activity we do sort of building on, on that idea of the wrestling is happening. The uh, baseball season. Whew. I, I, it's, it's not going to be soon. I, I feel like we'll get a full half season where there was supposed to be the all-star break. I don't know. Do they have the all-star game and start the season that way as kind of like a showcase? Uh, and do they just stick with the second half of the schedule? Cause then you get like weird matchups and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know, but I, I bring it up to ask you because uh, much like myself, you have the misfortune of being a Mets fan. So, Someone has to be a fan of the Mets, right? I, I know. I mean, come on. You know, it's like in you know in middle school, it was like, well, no, no. In middle school, there were a lot of Mets fans because uh, when I was ten, they won the World Series. So all of a sudden, everybody was a Mets fan. 
And then, yeah. like by the by the by the time I graduated uh, high school, they weren't anymore. And the Yankees actually weren't that good, but everybody yeah, they, went back to being a Yankees fan in the '90s. Nobody and, remembers how bad they were until like '95. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I would always ask people, "Is like so?" You know, it was like in college, and and, and even after that, I was like. So how many games did you go to between, oh, I don't know, 1985 and 1995? Like, you know, <laughs> before they started winning, you know? So, uh, but uh, did you grow up in Queens? Did you just live there uh, a little later in life? How did you end up a Mets fan? I'm actually uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I, don't know, I live on... Yeah. I don't know how I got that. I, th- I thought you lived in Queens at some point, but... Uh, uh, I mean, Queens is cool. I don't hate Queens. <laughs> I mean, come on. We gotta, you got to go out to City Field, you know? I yeah, mean, I, d- yeah, I do. Because well, I, I live on, on the southeastern coast. So, like, by Floyd Bennett Field and then King's Plaza, the Bell Parkway. Sure. Uh, so, growing up, we got both, you know, UPN and... Or not... What was UPN back then? WWOR and uh, WPIX yeah. played both games. And for a while, when I was a kid, it was just baseball in general. Like, I, I didn't really notice yeah. anything. Uh, fun fact, I'm actually, uh, I was actually one years old uh, when the Mets won the World Series, right? Uh, and actually, yeah, <laughs> get this. I recorded over game six of my dad's VHS with wrestling. That's the way it comes back full circle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. Uh, no, but I got, I got into the, the Mets, like, I think, um, uh, I don't know, five or six. I think Tim McCarver's smooth voice lulled me to sleep. And I was a fan ever since. And I, I chose once and I didn't choose again. And my dad actually followed me after the playoffs uh, where um, Roger Clemens threw the spin of the bat at, uh, at Mike Piazza. That oh, he, was, sure. he was done with the Yankees. So, like, I was the yeah. one in my family. To yeah, there, there, it, it's, it's a little harder to remember now, I think. But there was a point where, in general, people kind of liked both, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I always feel like a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of Jets fans don't hate the Giants just because they're like, Oh, you know, I mean, it's hard enough. And, you know, when you have people with the double whammy of Mets and Jets, it, that's pretty rough. You yeah. know, it's like when somebody sprinkles in, you know, either the Giants or the Yankees, they're like, at least they get something, you know. Right, right. You know? I quit but that it, team. The, the worst is probably, let's see, Mets, Jets, like Islanders probably. I mean, because like – Knicks. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm an Islanders fan, so I get that too. But well, yeah, but I mean, it's like, and again, that that's the 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 one the the Rangers Stanley Cup was my senior high school, so they they had that, and then like there was a there was a minute where the Devils were really good for a while there, and uh, I always lived on the border of New Jersey, so you'd always get these like I don't know, you, there, there were some interesting uh, loyalties. But the reason I bring up baseball, it's not happening. Right. And I mean, uh, hopefully eventually. Um, and I, I, you know, we had, uh, I, I play uh, fantasy baseball and we had online drafts scheduled. And the one league, they were like, yeah, it'd be stupid to do it. The other league, everybody still wanted to do it. And, and not everybody, but a few people did. It, and we were like, you know, it's really not going to happen for a while. And then everybody got talked out of it and then we didn't do it. And then we heard that uh, Noah Syndergaard was uh, going to get like Tommy John surgery. So then there was nobody who was being like, "Oh, we should have done it." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. How was Noah, man? I mean, he yeah. threw hard his entire career, and glad it happened in an off season. But would it wouldn't have been the off season that had we had a normal schedule or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing I was thinking is like even the somehow the Mets can have a player when they're not playing, the sport is shut down. And he hurts himself. <laughs> they could always find a way to get on the, the disabled list. 
That's pure mess. But I am concerned about if baseball comes back this season. Because I'm thinking the last time there was an extended off layoff, like a, a player strike or something, right? There was at least a home run race to get people back into the sport. I always wonder how much market share baseball yeah. is losing to football and other sports. Well, now. I would say the difference there was, you know, it came back in 95 in a shorter season. And yeah. they, the players went on strike because they wanted more money and you know, all that. So people had a bad feeling about the sport at that point. And I think the home run chase wasn't until 98, maybe 99. Yeah. So there took a few years. Uh, this is a little different. I feel like if it, if it comes back in the middle of this season or comes back next year, I think people will welcome it because they'll be so glad. I feel like – you know, when we're at a point when we can we can go and see live sports, we can go to concerts and things, everybody's going to go to everything, you know? Hopefully. It's just like the thing that you're, yeah, I mean, you're going to, but, you know, there's totally going to be people that are like, I don't want to go around and be around of anybody, you know? And the longer this goes on, the the more people I think that are going to just kind of become like shut-ins to some extent. I was joking at my day job with Dennis Miller. I was just joking. It's like, no, no, they'll have to actually be a government mandate to make me go out of the house when we're supposed to. This is this is too this is too comfortable, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but and there's two ways to look at this. So I look at this, you know, the the quarantine here from the bunker. Uh, I I love my family. My kids are adorable, but I'm with them. I'm with them all the time, and so I look at Flobo Boyce. And you live by yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's what I want. But tell me, is the grass greener or is it is it uh, how is it basically being by yourself all, uh, pretty much all day? Yeah, there is a bit of uh, give and take there. Because I know when, when I my girlfriend and I used to live together uh, up until like very recently, uh, the days when we were both in the house together and I had nowhere to go, it was like torturous. I always felt like I needed space to create sure. and stuff like that. And so being well, by yourself. Somebody's got to generate that new content. Yes, exactly. And the new content wasn't happening every week at that time. <laughs> it was hard. Uh, but now it's so great to look in my, my living room and have like uh, my content calendar for the month. I actually did it now and go into my bedroom here and, and record and I say, oh, can you get, can get set up? I love that space. But there are moments in time in the mornings when you're like, oh, I'm by myself or late at night or you hear like people having fun two doors down or there's like an argument happening. You're just like, what about me? I want someone to argue with, uh, but but it's very fleeting, you know. It kind of is a kind of grass. I, I could see that though. Like you hear an argument through the wall, and you like you know make yourself some microwave popcorn, and you sit next to the wall, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is content. Oh no, he did it. What did he do next? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. But so when you go out, and you know, look, we we're uh, able to still go out and buy groceries and that sort of thing. Do you find that you're extra chatty when you're socially distancing because there's not people to talk or is doing stuff like this being able to zoom or, or you know talk, you know it's like when you get the movies about you know when people aren't supposed to go out of their house technology never works but right. we we can talk to anyone that except we just can't we're not supposed to see them in person so it is the in-person isolation it, do you feel that or is it like you know what i can still talk to people so it's okay um, it, it, it's hard because it does feel like a, like a weird movie. You go to the yeah. store or I, I like to jog. So I jog every, every third day. I used to jog every day before the quarantine, but I was like, well, yeah. why limit myself? Uh, you'll see people with the head down. They try to walk diagonal to, to social yeah. distance. 
Yeah, yeah you know, the, the way that we always worked, walked as New Yorkers, you know, right. see somebody yeah. coming, you go across the street. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was doing that this morning. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking that it was like, I'm like, oh, this is the way I used to walk around Manhattan, like after midnight. You know, yeah, there's like, no time to say if that. I'm walking, if I'm walking to like Port Authority or something, it was always like, there's a person on the street. <laughs> Just last night, I think my apartment complex finally broke and some people came out and they socially distanced and, and played some music and danced just to oh, break cool. the monotony, which is pretty yeah. awesome. But I had no part of it. I was like, you know what? Pff, whatever. Uh, but the other side of Did that. Did you is open like, your window and be like, get off my lawn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what that noise. I'm by myself making content. Uh, but the, the flip side of that is that when you see someone, you feel like you're in a movie, you're just like, stay safe. Yeah. Well, it's just that those kind of things you never said to strangers before. And that's the thing that I'm getting really weird about, you know? Yeah. It's you always know. just like earnest sort of not greeting, but uh, you know, sort of like a farewell from the people who work at like the supermarket, you know, they're always telling you to take, take care of yourself and all that. And I mean, who, who would have imagined that like, you know, how important slash terrible those jobs are, you know, the amount of contact that they, they come into now. And then also just like, look, nobody's happy. I, I don't know when the last time was you went to supermarket. I, I went today and yeah, there was a there were a few packages of toilet paper cause they limited to one per person. So I hadn't seen that in a little while. Uh, they were still out of uh, uh, sanitizer and wipes, which that's the stuff that I keep looking for, trying to get some more of, but they, like a week ago that nobody had like bread and now there's like bread and there's milk uh eggs are a little harder to come by but they still have so you're starting to see it normalize a little bit what are you seeing down in uh, in your neck of the woods so it's a little difficult for me because I, I live on a very um high traffic corner on venice and overland and so that that grocery store had the line for the longest time and sure. i if i'm not a germaphobe in that way but the line outside to me is dangerous is it not if we have to be social distancing so i would try to supplement around i would go with like the rite aid for medicine i'll go to the the local like ethnic stores for like my rice sure. and stuff like that uh this weekend i went to like the bulk store smart final I get some like my giant bag of trail mix and stuff like that. Uh, some things are coming back that like to your point. Uh, but the thing is, I think the, the scary part about it is, is like, we just now have this gross sense of like, what's okay. If I grab fresh fruit, has this been touched? How long can it survive <laughs> on fruit things I never thought about before? Uh, but there's a lot more things on the shelves, which I think is a, a sign or a correction. Yeah, no, no, I think so. I think that uh, at a certain point people can't afford to hoard anymore. You know, you just like, I'm going to buy all the Cheerios, you know, but then it's like, wait, I, I already have like 20 boxes of Cheerios. I, I can't buy another 20 and, and, and that sort of a thing. I, I posted on, on Facebook, uh, sort of a, a joke thing about, you know, the real hardship my kids are going to have to have lived through during this. And it was a photo of, uh, of store brand Cheerios that I had to buy because the real Cheerios were gone. But, you savage. No, I know. Yeah, I got some good, it got some good feedback. So yeah. And I guess the, the thing that, that you start to realize too, is like a lot of times, like, you know, your CVS or Rite Aid, a lot of times they have milk or eggs. There are places that isn't necessarily where you're looking and yeah, like the the smaller ethnic uh, grocery stores, or or you know sometimes even restaurants and things that they ha can have like an attached like grocery area, you know. So you you get definitely get to be a little bit more industrious. So 
What's is there one thing that you wish you had stocked up on that you're just like, oh man, I can't find it anywhere? Because for me, it's the it's the wipes. Uh, and we have sanitizer and we have a little bit. Of, we've had some wipes, but yeah. they're not going to last probably more than like another week. It, it doesn't exist anymore. My last day job, I sold hand sanitizer for oh, a living. Right. So we had a whole stock of hand. This is the, this is the, the the sweet spot after Ebola and before this, where nobody cared. Right? Right, yeah. So we had stockpiles, and I used to go door to door, saying, "Hey, look, this is hand sanitizer. The money you buy this goes back to Nigeria to help those kids, and no one wanted it." Um, on my way out, they asked me if I wanted any stock, and I was like, "I'll take a little bottle. I'm fine, but it doesn't expire." You know what I mean? Like I yeah, wish, yeah. had I thought about it, I would have had like two forty ounce jugs ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, and it's, I don't know. Look, it's not like we can't get food. And I think there definitely was this little panic. I, I talked a little bit about this on a, on a past episode. There was, so, it was, oh, it was uh, two Thursdays ago because it, as you remember, one of the shows that we do is Star Trek Picard. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we got to do it at 10 o'clock. I can't do it at nine because uh, I had to go to the supermarket. I totally get that, by the way. You're yeah. like, hey, man, there's an announcement. Let's do it an hour later. And I was like, yeah. 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 Well, it, was <laughs> just, it, it was like, I'm like, I don't quite know what it means. And I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, no, I just, I have to, I was I actually wasn't going to go to the supermarket for probably another week. And I spent $376 at Bonds. And I remember it because that's like $250 more than I think I'd ever spent in a, a you know, a single Absolutely, a grocery yeah. store trip. And, and I'm still like, almost horrified. I'm like, what did I buy? You know, I mean, I can see it everywhere. The fridge is stuff. We got stuff in the freezer. We got stuff in the, the cabinet, but it's, uh, it, you know, there are these moments where you start to, to, you don't even panic because of, you're going to run out of food, but it's just, you start to think. And like, even today, when I saw that there was toilet paper, I'm like, Oh my God, they have toilet paper. I'm like, wait, you really don't need it. You right. Plenty. You know? Yeah, and, and and I think there's always gonna be like food in the house, at least for me. But going out there, because like for example, let's say I go out for a run, right? I try yeah. to limit my exposure outside, but then you're like, well, I'm outside. Should I grab something on the way in? Uh, like, what yeah. do I want to get on the way in today? So I'm always it's like a weird pack rat kind of thing that's that's happening. And forget sales. I used to go like price shopping and, and go from one source to the other. Now you're like, whatever it is, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, just no, let me get out of here. No, I yeah. The the last time that I was at the supermarket and they did have eggs. Uh, I bought the organic eggs, which were like $2 more a dozen, but they also were going to, you know, the expiration date was like further into April. And I'm like, I might never see an egg again. So (laughs) (laughs) where are the chickens? What happened? USA. Yeah. But then as it turns out, like our local farmer's market has been open and they have eggs. So I, I, I'm actually going to be fine when it comes to eggs. As long as I, as long as I go at nine 30 in the morning on a Sunday, because I'll tell you the one thing that, uh, quarantine hasn't changed about people. Uh, nobody's getting up early on Sunday. So uh, yeah. at least we have that. So what sort of things have you been doing to pass the time? You know, I like to think I, I have all these books that I want to read. There's all these shows that I'm like, oh my God, I'd like to binge this or that. What have you been doing to pass the time? It's funny you say that because there's so many things I've learned by myself that I'm able to do at the time. And there's something I'll still procrastinate on. I have no time to read this book and I'm sitting here doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, You're sitting here said, doing the black cast instead of uh, <laughs> way better idea. Uh, you know what? The, the, the sad part is, is that my natural wake up time is like now slipping towards like nine 30 or 10. Oh so I, I still set an alarm up. I, so I set an alarm at like seven or eight anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll I, get up. I'll, if, I, if I could sleep till nine o'clock once, 
it would be great, you know. But, well, yeah, no one puts a foot in your face, right? Like, yeah. I'm hungry, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, both of my kids were up at five this morning. I'm like, why? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't just, you understand? We're not doing anything today. They're, they're going to be the future athletes. They play for the Mets. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> so I make sure to get my social media out the way for a couple first couple yeah. hours. And then it really is content creation, writing articles. And then try to look for, like, uh, this is something on income, day jobs also. Take an hour a day doing that. Yeah. I don't know how long this is going to be. And then it is a bit of a catch up. There is, uh, I play some video games. I Twitch. I stream a video game playing sometimes as well. And then if it's an after Buzz Day show, then I'll watch the show. And if it's not, then I'll, I'll try to write some jokes. And where do, uh, where do people find you on Twitch? Are you Flobito? Uh, no, I'm Flobo Boys on Twitch. Oh, no Flobito. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you all. My brain's all over the place. Everybody's falling in love with the name Flobito. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you, you referenced it a couple of times. So uh, you write jokes. Now, are these jokes for Twitter or are they jokes to one day try in your act when, when uh, the, the world is ready for uh, stand-ups to be on a stage and, and giving them jokes? Yeah, it's definitely for the stand-up. The Twitter jokes to me are kind of like the fleeting stuff, like the the one-liners or what have you. Yeah, and it's also stuff that's sort of like super topical. Like you're not going to do like a four-minute chunk in your act about Tiger King because by the time you get on stage, nobody's going to care anymore. No one's going to care. And that's sidebar, plural fact. That's what retired Weird Al. It was so much he didn't want to do it. It was like the time an album comes out the cycle is already like, oh, okay, whatever. What, Weird Al? Yeah, that, that's yeah. the interesting thing, too, is because, like, I, I had never seen Weird Al, and I saw him, I don't know, somewhere in the last, like, 10 years because I just always wanted to go. And it's like, you know, he has original songs, and there were a couple of song parodies that I had never heard because I don't keep up with the albums. But then it's like, he's doing parodies to, like, a Madonna song from 1985, and you're like, well, the song's not funny anymore because you heard <laughs> it all that time ago. And... It's like, is the song really like good if it's not making you laugh? It, it's such a weird thing. But then the guy, I don't know, the guy doesn't play stadiums, but he plays amphitheaters. You know, he does, he's not playing, you know, small venues. So I, I saw know. him in August at the, at, the, at the Greek, the Hollow Bowl. He did the Hollow Bowl last August uh, for his uh, mandatory fun tour. It was amazing. He had the Philharmonic going at the same time. Yeah, that's too. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but, and so that's the point. Yeah. And I mean, the, the 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 sort of uh, humor that I deal in, you know, working with Dennis Miller, I do write some stuff for him, but it's usually current. So it's and then so for me, a lot of times, like when I come up with things, I'm like, this isn't right for him. But I'm like, well, what am I going to do with it? All I can do is put it out on Twitter. You know, I can save right. it. I, I can try to say it myself on his show or save it for one of these shows or the Trump report. Currently Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on uh, After Buzz TV. Thank you. Uh, oh, you have a big show this week. Woo! <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of always a big show, though. That's the the crazy thing. It's like, uh, it, you know, there's never been the week in the three and a half years that we've done it where I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then, so when did you start doing stand up? Though, did you do it when you still lived in New York? No, uh, stand-up was always a thing I wanted to do one of these days. You know, I, yeah, I grew sure. up with The Tonight Show, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool that the, comedy was the with like Jay, The Jay Leno Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to me, The Tonight Show will always be with Jay Leno. I, I remember when Carson was a host, yeah. but that was very, I was very, very young. So, like, Jay Leno was, like, my inspiration. Because every night you got 
new material every night. <laughs> and there was new a, content every night. <laughs> new content every night. And it put the entire world news scope in your brain. Um, and I always wanted to do it, but I was like, ah, one of these days, one of these days, one of these days. And I'm not sure how much time we have or how much to go into it. But long story short, at 28 years old, I had a near-death experience. Uh, I thought I was going to die. And in that moment before I thought I was going to pass away, I had two big regrets. Uh, I was like, you know what? You never rode a motorcycle. And you never tried comedy. And so when I survived, I was like, you know what? That's a mission. I'm going to go to comedy class. I'm going to take motorcycle lessons. And on August 10th, 2014, I debuted at the Comedy Store here in Los Angeles. My three-minute set. I think it's available on YouTube. It was terrible, but I loved it. And I've been doing it ever since. Did you ride a motorcycle to the gig? No. Because <laughs> I, I keep you later. Because <laughs> you just would have been like, no, no, no. I got to I gotta do them both tonight because I, I got to make sure. Uh, so... Was it an open mic or uh, and you just? Uh, I took a comedy class, Adam Barnhart's Clown House. He actually has a school uh, down in, uh, now it's gentrifying, down in downtown Los Angeles. And he has a show every every week at the, the Belly Room. The Belly Room is where they do roast battle. So he took right. a six-week class, taught you how to write a joke, taught, teaches you how to, to clear and to be in character. And your graduation was three minutes at the hollowed ground comedy. Right. I've known people that, uh, have done that sort of thing at like flappers here in Burbank. You know, it's a yeah. little smaller scale. I think being able to do three minutes at the, the comedy store would probably be pretty cool. I, I did stand up a little bit when I lived in New York. This is going back like 20 years. And I liked the few minutes I was on stage, but I hated everything else to do with it. I hated waiting and I hated having to, you're supposed to go out in Times Square and try and get people to come to the club. And I'm like, I, I don't like people enough. I'm not getting paid for this, so why do I care if they come? You know, and then I was just like, I think I was better suited to uh, be a writer. And there have been times I've thought about it, and then I'm just like, nobody, nobody, nobody is clamoring for me to get back up on that stage, you know. But uh, who knows, I, man? Maybe the writers well, of Conan have a touring show. Yeah, well, that's true. And you know, now now it's one of those things of like, oh, well, you know, I I haven't done it in so long. Maybe it would be fun, and there probably wouldn't be. But, uh, you know, uh, so, and then, so how much, uh, so that was 2014. Uh, yeah. wh- how comfortable are you talking about your near, near death experience? I, I, oh yeah. So, uh, so like I mentioned the way, way, uh, just like a couple minutes ago, I used to be very, very heavy. Uh, yeah. I, I was at my heaviest, uh, 375 pounds when I was in college. <laughs> so that's like a, a six extra large shirt and a size 56 weight waist pants. Yeah. Uh, I went out to, and I started losing the weight, lost a bunch of weight, uh, lost about 150 at the time of surgery. And I had to get my skin removed uh, in my abdomen because oh, sure, my, yeah. there's, there's no elasticity in my skin. I've been pregnant for 16 years. Uh, and, and doing so, there's a, there's a suture line that runs from my chest to my, uh, my pelvic bone or to my, my junk and both sides of my, wrist, my, my waist. So it's like an upside down T, you know? Uh, yeah. And Three days after that surgery, a uh, four-inch uh, seam of my suture line had reopened. So I was bleeding out on my oh, couch wow. uh, right here, right here in Cobra City. And wow. my, my mom, was she was a nurse. She retired. She was a nurse. She went out to get gauze just for unrelated reasons. Come, comes home, she sees me like bleeding. And doctors and nurses have a certain tone of voice when they know you're like gone, you know? I was like, Ma, what happened? She's like, yeah, yeah, um, it opened up. Just letting you know it opened up. I'm like, oh no. So we kind of rushed to put a compress on this four inch long gash. And so I just had ab surgery. So I can't 
rest on my, my stomach yeah. and I can't rest on my back because my side is open. Um, we call the doctor frantically. He goes, sorry, cannot help you because since the, the suture line was sterile, he can't like re-suture it. If anything, you have to like stop the bleeding and go to emergency room. And oh, my mom didn't want to move me because it was so large. Sure. So I basically was on my left butt cheek holding my right side. I remember SNL's playing in the background and we have like small regrets. Like, oh man, I wish I made more money. I wish I kissed more girls. But the two biggest regrets I had for some reason, because I was okay with passing now, was you never rode a motorcycle. You never try comedy, yeah. bro. And uh, I say, hey, if I survive tonight, I'm going to do it. And yeah. uh, like Ian Fleming says, you know, you only live twice, once when you're born and once when you stare death in the face. And well, so. And, and, and James Bond also says no time to die eventually in, in <laughs> yeah. November. So, yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I understand. I would assume your mom was there because you were having the surgery, but yeah. it's imagine if she wasn't there, you know? So right. That's, the panic uh, alone would have been, would have been yeah. the, the deal breaker. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while you'll, you'll post like an old uh, Facebook picture and it reminds, cause I, I, cause I've, I've known you a couple of years. I forget that you were very heavy at one point cause you have probably pictures that aren't from your heaviest, but every once in a while you'll see it and be like, Oh, right. That, that was Flobo. It's <laughs> yeah. an Afro. <laughs> yeah. But now it's all clean up here. Flobo. Right. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can see that, but uh, you know what? I, there'll be a picture for the thumbnail for uh, people listening to the audio version. So uh, let, let's talk about when your life really changed forever. Uh, when okay. you first met me, uh, <laughs> uh, when you started doing after buzz TV, were you, did you start doing wrestling or were you doing other stuff there? Uh, wrestling was always like the goal in the dream, I guess. Cause I, the, the thing is about the wrestling network. Cause after bus has like verticals, you know, there's like reality, there's comedy, yeah. there's stuff. the wrestling group at that time were very, very insular. Like it was, it was a club. There was, there was like people who did the job every week. It was a franchise show. Kevin Maria's relationship with WWE. You can't get in cause you're too new. Um, I got into AfterBuzz because I just wanted to do more things with, with comedy and with hosting. I just wanted to be able to project and, and be a good interviewer because my dream in life is to have my own variety show like The Tonight Show. So I figured, hey, learn how to interview people on AfterBuzz. That's how you do it. So I graduated to all like the things. Uh, Kelly Boyd got me in, wrote my recommendation, and then uh, I couldn't get on the show to save my life. Couldn't get on the show to save my life because I was just too new. And I treated it after, but I was like, Home Depot. I just hung out in the lobby. And I was like, hi, how's it going? You guys need a show? You need a host? You need a host? And I filled in for Zach Silverman a couple times on The Flash and Arrow. And then uh, I got a couple shows in there. And, and it was only, um, I think, that when we got to get, we worked together on Star Trek. Was that the first time we worked together? Yeah, and you came on Discovery? to Discovery. It, it had to be season two. Because yeah. I remember the the panel for season one, and then you came in on season two, and so you hadn't done a lot of shows regularly at that point. No, uh, I graduated uh, graduated whole school in November of two thousand eighteen. Right. So it's not, yeah. So it's not even not yeah. even two years. So yeah, not even two years. And and that brings us around to Star Trek, and I think you have one of the most unusual paths to Star Trek of uh, yeah. anybody that I know. And I thought it was great to have you on Discovery, the Star Trek Discovery After Show, being new to Star Trek just entirely. Uh, so explain for, for not everybody who watches slash listens to the Blackcast, uh, checks yeah. out all my after shows. And shame on you for not. 
There are a few who do. Our pal Mark Hunt, he's a he's a big a big black cast guy, but he also loves Star Trek, so he always checks that out. Like if if he finds out that I filled in for Doc on Doctor Who for one week, he'll watch that one. So I always oh, appreciate cool. that. Yeah. But talk about how it was that you found Discovery, how you discovered Discovery. I love it. <laughs> it's fun, you see. I, as a grown-up, I kind of avoided Star Trek. Um, it was a different time. One, there weren't very many blurs out there. Like, Star Trek was like the epitome of nerddom. I was a person of color in Brooklyn in the 90s. Thought it wasn't for me. Uh, I tried dabbling watching it or seeing it while I was scrolling. By the time Deep Space Nine came out, it didn't really interest me at all. But I was, which is interesting I, because that's that's the show with with the Black Captain. Yes, you yes, know? yeah, and Cisco, so, right? So yes, yeah, and he, yeah, and and uh, Avery Brooks is great, by the way. Uh, so, Hawk. Yeah, and and you know, Next Generation it had Levar Burton. Uh, you know, so they're they're not the original series, but the later series all made sure they they all had very. Well, I, I guess Next Generation had a fairly diverse cast, but then yeah, like so. Voyager and uh, which is uh, as people who watch those shows know is certainly not my favorite. They did a pretty good <laughs> job doing it, but it just whatever it was it still just didn't speak to you, right? Yeah, it didn't speak to me, and it wasn't like again. I, I'm a guy that wrote read, read Archie comics in private. I didn't want to get like beat up or made fun of, you know. So I, I kind yeah, of just like even by the way, even nerds would have beaten you up for that. Because you weren't reading, you know, like X Men or Justice League, or you know, you were reading Archie. <laughs> right. like, what are you doing? You know, hey man, I, he has two loves, Betty or Veronica. Uh, so uh, flash forward to, to November what, of 17, of 18. 18. Yeah. And uh, I was, I got a DJ gig in Italy, if you could imagine that. So it was my first distance destination wedding. It was out there in Fiore on the Amalfi Coast. And I had no money. I went there on a shoestring budget, actually lost money on that wedding to make more money on the back end. So there was one day I had a free day in Italy, but I had nowhere to go because I had no cash. I had enough cash to get me back on the bus home. Right. So I fired up Netflix and Discovery uh, airs on Netflix internationally. It doesn't air, air on CBS here, it airs internationally. And I binged like six episodes. And I said, oh my gosh, there's like, there's like spaceships and naval calling and like dogfights and stars. And I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. And it will never be a Green Lantern show the way I want it, even though there's one in development now. But I thought right now that's the closest thing to it, you know? And it was like, it was like politics, but it was like fighting and casual. It was like everything I wanted in the show. And I was all about it. So when they had the, the after buzz, hey, we're looking for a host for Discovery. I was like, I'm shooting my shot. Yeah. Send. <laughs> no, and and it was great, and it was just like, and I, when you the first time you told me that, I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool that that's how you found it because you know you're you know everybody watching listening, your Netflix login works wherever you are. Uh, well, most places in the world, there probably are places it doesn't work, but it, and it's going to be that region's Netflix. So you know you're you just get you get a show like Discovery, and uh, in uh, at least in the UK. Star Trek Picard is on Amazon Prime, you know? So it's okay. like, there's, cause there's no CBS all access in those places, but they make so much money off of those licensing deals that the budgets, you know, are so high, especially that was the thing that impressed me about discovery was just how much money they spent on it and the, the effects and everything. And uh, I don't know. I, I really, I really liked the show and I think that it was flawed in some ways, but uh, I, I, 
I don't know. I, I I find that to be one of my one of my favorite shows of of the last few years is probably Star Trek Discovery, and uh, it was it it, uh, it brought Flobo into my life, and then I think <laughs> was so we've done that, and then Picard sort yeah. of as an extension of that, which we'll talk about in a minute, and sure. uh, of course Curb Your Enthusiasm, and then there was a, a this weird moment in time where we did something <laughs> called Chambers. <laughs> Yes. Which I so, still don't know how I ended up on that show. It, it, it's a weird story. I'm gonna, I, I, there's some gaps in this, but I'm going to try as hard as I can. So there was this, this push at AfterBuzz to get more bingeable shows under their umbrella because Netflix will release a show and it will pop and everyone will talk about it like Tiger King is now or Love is Blind was before. it. And they had this thing for Chambers. And there was an intern there. Her name was Haley that for life for her, she asked me what my name was one time and she forgot it, but she was too embarrassed to ask again. And so she thought I was Christian Black. And so she signed yeah. me up because she told her it'd be cool to sign me up, Christian Black, to be on it. So why did we actually grab you and go, hey, Haley, that's actually Christian. She goes, oh, okay, but well, you yeah. are Christian. Don't worry about it. So we both got on this show about this uh, this person that got a heart transplant from someone who was possessed. I don't know what that was. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, it was all right. And I, we had that guy in who played Big Frank, like her uncle on the show. That yeah, guy was great. I follow him on Instagram. He seems like a great guy. And it was, you know, that was a fun interview. So I, I don't regret it, but it was such a weird thing to end up on a show like that. There's a Can couple of shows that I did like that, you know? There, there was like... This this show where uh, Sean Penn was an astronaut going to Mars or something. I don't even remember what it's called now. But I was just yeah. like, sure, I'll do that. What were you going to say? No, I was looking at it as, look, I've been in Afterbus for a couple months, and they assigned me to moderate yeah. you. And yes. like you and Carrie Lane are like the my teachers at Afterbus. I'm like, <laughs> why, why, why me? Chris yeah, Blast in the building. And the funny thing too is that Carrie Lane used to do the Star Trek Discovery after show, but you guys were never on at the same time. No, we weren't. It was yeah. American Gods. I was on our show at the same yeah. time. Yeah, but I was. Well, I, I was Carrie. Oh, like her schedule. You know, she just mostly started doing stuff in in like Santa Barbara. But what I noticed from her Twitter is that now that everything's on Zoom, she was doing like four shows tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, was just like, was oh nuts. yeah, that's um, too much content every week. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got to spread your content out throughout the week. Don't do it all in the same day. You know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. And I don't know. And I, so I found it to be an interesting sort of thing that, you know, you come at Star Trek from that point of view. And then this Picard show comes, which in all honesty, it's trying to appeal to people who are diehard Star Trek fans. Uh, Discovery was definitely trying to get everybody. At first. Like at first, at first. Yeah. Uh, You know, they were definitely trying to just, you know, they wanted to get all the nerds but here's the thing they knew they were going to get them anyway for discovery so it was a little bit more accessible and you in the interim you had watched some next generation but Mm -hmm. finding this uh star trek picard show i always i wondered you know and and it's over now we finished it and we don't really talk about spoiler heavy stuff but we might give away a thing or two uh what did you think of that show not being completely new to Star Trek, but it hasn't really been part of your life for more than the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it's a weird mix, and I don't want to pull this film student card, uh, but it was if it was for new fans, there was a lot of things that were left 
out or not like discovered or, or described. Like for me, when people say Hugh, I think Hugh Kluber, the medical examiner from Discovery. So it takes me a minute to go, oh, wait, that guy is also Hugh from the other show. But at the same time, if it's for hardcore Trek fans, there's some things that are over-explained. I feel like it's kind of pandering to them because there's some scenes that reference shows that I saw. And I was like, oh, I get this episode. Why they're repeating this beat? So it was kind of a weird mishmash. And I know we get a lot of uh, bad comments from people saying we are too negative on the show. I think ultimately it was good, but I just I felt like I watched it and I finished it. I was not any desire to go back, or I don't feel the wonder or the excitement or like the, my eyes opening up like how Discovery was. Yeah, I mean, I sort of there's a part of me that that I I don't know that I would if I had the time that I would watch all of Discovery again. But there are episodes that I think were great that I I could see myself being inclined to watch. But Picard was like, you know, like I I feel like it was good. It just wasn't great. Seeing him again was great because I love him. But like the story that they decided to tell and the way they told it was, you know, mostly unremarkable. And I don't know. I think it's true. I do wish on the panel we had somebody that was sort of the, the no, I love everything. And when we have Rachel on, uh, Rachel Goodman on, she, she seemed to be the, the most positive of us. Right. But I, I always think it's good if you're doing one of these shows where you talk about another, an actual show for like 45 minutes, it's great when you have somebody that really doesn't like it. You know, oh yeah, they're talking objectively about what it is they don't like. You know, not just like yeah, it sucked. You know, that's why I like Frank Moran, I, I, one of our panelists on the show. I don't know He's if he so likes funny. anything. He's so funny, man. He watches Riverdale. I don't know how he does that. You know? I I couldn't. I could not yeah. do. That. I'm and, an Archie and, fan. And I you just said out. you're an Archie fan. Yeah. But yeah. uh, by the way, I meant to ask you during this. I mean, it, it's it's got to be Veronica, right? Uh, if me or Archie? No, you. Yeah. yeah. As I gotten older, I've appreciated Veronica a lot more. When yeah. I was a kid. I was a Betty guy because she was all Betty all the time. But yeah, yeah she gave me cookies. But yeah, we, we, we get your Veronica. Get yeah, you Veronica. Right, exactly. And really, you know, I, it's a it's a line that Jason Lee had in Mallrats. But like Archie was just always trying to figure out how to get them both. That's really what it came down to, you know. So. Yeah. Um, but. I, I don't know. So it'll be, it's interesting that we, you know, there are so many platforms for watching all this stuff. So we have a show like Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access, you know, and you're able to to get all all of this stuff. But um, sometimes you wonder like, oh, do, did we really need that? If it was the old days and you would have had to sell it to a, a, a network and a, a broadcaster cable, yeah. maybe you wouldn't actually have gotten to make that show. And I, I'm, I don't know. I was glad to see it, but yeah, I don't know. I maybe the second season will be amazing, you know, if if we ever put TV back into production. But you know, so uh, it just told to me it should have been a miniseries. If it was four episodes or a three-hour movie, perfect. Yeah, the pacing was really bad. We talked about that on the sh- on the after yeah. show. It was like the first four episodes. You were like, that should have been told in two hours. You know, right. So I, I don't know, but I do, I do love Sir Patrick Stewart and, you know, uh, seeing, seeing him play old Charles Xavier in Logan. And then just a couple years later, getting to see him play old, uh, old John Luke Picard, also known as JL. Uh, Team Raffi. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So if you don't watch Star Trek Picard, there were some new characters and, uh, which uh, you well, loved. Flobo liked no, I I I, I go back and forth like because I didn't like Rafi and I really didn't like Doctor Agnes Girardi, who uh, has a, a a questionable act that she doesn't really get punished for, 
you know? <laughs> so I never saw the point of Elnor, but he was there. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's a great point. So I, I don't know, but what, what stuff do you watch for fun that you're, you know, cause like for me in all honesty, like the last few weeks, the only shows that I've watched have been Star Trek Picard and Curb Your Enthusiasm because I do after shows for them. I, I can't lie to you, man. It's the same thing with the wrestling things. Uh, a lot of things that you talked about being on the Picard show, we do. We, we have like, you know, people who are objectively negative and things like that. So uh, it's WrestleMania season. So currently now with quarantine, I'm going back and watching old matches and old storytelling waste. Because the thing is with, with wrestling, there are story advancements, but you ultimately are talking about an action. How was that game last night? So you got to come up with different ways and new ways to say the same stories a lot of times. Yeah. So a lot of time I try to do that research, watch my own footage, see how um, a host I'm becoming and how can I improve. I watched your shows to say, take your ideas to be a better guy, a better host, a better moderator. Uh, a lot of YouTube clips to get myself some bite-sized uh, yeah. intelligence, but and I don't have a hard show. You know, I don't have like a hard like list yeah. of shows. I'm- well, that, that horrifies me, the idea that you go back and watch hosting that I did because I, 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 I can't even think about it any of the stuff that I've done. And I, I'm, I, I don't know what you could possibly gain from it, but I always appreciate when you say nice things like that. Uh, well, let but, me just blow some more smoke, man. Because please do. The, the biggest thing I learned about Chris, I learned from Christian Blatt. And, and, and I think that you did to me in a good way is that you are very good at protecting the new. I don't even mean like new to the panel. It could be new to the world. You're like, even if you know, Hey, look, this person don't like set them up to fail find a way to get your point across that you're not babying them, but give them a shot to actually have a chance of answering the question. And that's like the biggest thing that Afterbus does not teach you. And you did from like week two when you're like, so did you know the, the, uh, what's it called? The Klingons actually do have hair. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah. They didn't have hair yeah. on the show. Not, uh, a, not, a, not on Discovery. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> you know, uh, when we did uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, James Maple, great guy. He actually didn't want to do the show. And I talked him into it via email because he and it's so funny too. It's it, it's yeah. I mean, it's funny to me. He meant to reply all that he wasn't going to do the show, but he only sent it to me. So I I wrote to him. I'm like, no, I think you should do it. Don't worry about the fact that you haven't seen it. It's going to be fine. And he did it. And I was so glad that he did because that I don't know. That was a fun panel to have with uh, you, James, myself, and Rachel Goodman. And uh, obviously, I, I do love our Star Trek panel with uh, Nikki Bailey and all the uh, emotions that she, the emotional roller coaster that she went through in this uh, season. Can, can I say that when Nikki was added, no, no shot at Nikki, she's amazing. But I was afraid. I was like, okay, if there's three Star Trek experts, am I just like the dumb blonde? <laughs> you know? Like, do you guys still need me then? But no, she's yeah. great. The panel's great too. Well, yeah, and I always try. I, look, I always thought it was important to have, you know, you. And, you know, on uh, Marvel TV Weekly, when we had uh, Amy Cassandra Martinez, who's been on uh, the Black Cast a few times, she was relatively new to just Marvel in general. And I'm like, no, that's great. That's I, I think it's it's good to have that point of view of like, Oh, I don't get this or that, you know, like coming at things as, as I, I don't know. I find that interesting. I think if you had a Star Trek panel where all four people were new to Star Trek, you know, uh, I, in fact, I know that that's what people felt about the, the Doctor Who panel is that they didn't know the old classic version of the show. Uh, right. and, and I knew it a little bit. And, and just the fact that I knew anything, all of a sudden I had all the, you know, I wasn't even a regular on it. And they were like, oh my God, have him on me. And I'm just like, well, (laughs) but I don't know. I always think that it's like the, you know, I feel like 
I can never be quiet too much. And uh, especially like on a show like Trump Report, sometimes I don't talk for like four minutes because it's not even, people aren't even fighting. They're just, they actually agree. They're just sort of going back and forth over finer points. And I'm like, what's going to help if I say anything? And I think that a lot of times you feel like you should talk, but sometimes it's like, no, it's just better. And I don't know. I think that's something that I've probably learned just from listening to what I think are, are good interviews. And we live in an age of the long form interview. And I would say that, uh, you know, Howard Stern probably does it better than a lot of people. He gets to have yeah. those like, you know, 90 minute to two hour straight long interviews. And sometimes it's just like, you just let the person talk a little bit longer because he can, and they're going to say something that they probably wouldn't have said somewhere else. Whereas like late night TV interviews, like tonight show or whatever, it's not even a knock on the host. It's like six minutes. You get to have like one story, you plug your thing. And then, you know, if it is Jimmy Fallon, then you got to go like, I don't know, have a staring contest or a pie eating contest or something, you know? So I don't know. I always find, and I always find like a good interviewer. My boss, Dennis Miller says, this is like, I can talk to anybody. It's like most people, you can figure out what's interesting about. Uh, I don't know. I always find like the hosts of all the shows that we do are all just as interesting as, you know, they, they bring their own things to it. And, and so one of the main reasons why for a while I've been like, oh, I want to have Flobo on the Blackcast is just because of all the different things you do, because I, I know the sort of your past that you talked about, you know, how you, you had been really heavy and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd alluded to things like that. And then the fact that you stand up, but also because you generate new content every week. Yeah, and, I do it, man. <laughs> and what is the new content that you generate? Is it just videos? Uh, do you do like a, is it a show on flobido.com or? Okay. So I try to do it at the very, very minimum, like a Instagram repost where I, t- I have a little mini blog and then like, Hey, it's a picture of my post on Instagram. That's like, yeah. if I can't find anything to talk about. Uh, but on the DJ side, I have a playlist called Flobito Radio. I update with like my picks. So people can see it. Or I have a YouTube show. It's called What's Up, Flobo? Where I just talk to the camera about things of the day, like my Mets fandom or the wrestling thing or the Afterbus thing. Uh, I actually started a Patreon last week. So we're doing, trying to figure out what will be premium to that Patreon for paying patrons. It will be free. So like the idea now, now that I'm single and have the time, is to really push out. You, you see my face wherever you go. Right? Yeah. Uh, because it, it really is about that. And one of the, the cool things about the lockdown, I guess, is it is kind of like like flattening the curve. It's 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 pretty much putting putting people on a level playing field. Like I'm in my house. I am doing the same thing Jimmy Fallon is doing. Before yeah. I would say I don't have his budget, but now I do. So what's my shot to say <laughs> to go for it, you know? Yeah, no, and and look, a lot of people are consuming content on like Instagram Live because they all have it and it pops up on their phone like, well, I got the time now. Oh, this is something new. You know, let me actually see what this is. And yeah, there are so many people that are out there doing all of those things. And I don't know, it's uh it is interesting. And and like I said, I mean, I've been inclined to do a lot more. I mean, if you look at the Blackcast YouTube channel, most of it's like, you know, once or twice a year, I would put something up, you know, <laughs> but because these shows that I, I, I essentially want to, wanted to have a way to connect for audio and then Zoom turned out to be the best way. Well, they also record the video. I'm like, well, I, I don't want it to go to waste. I'm going to use it because why not put that on the, the YouTube channel? And I do. And I don't know. I mean, it's like people, you know, like I've got people subscribing. Uh, good for you that you have a Patreon. I I don't. I think that the way I feel about myself, I think I don't have the self confidence to do it because 
I can't handle if I put out a Patreon and I had like one or maybe like, you know, that's what I have one. Like, see you, if I had none and I was just like, and I started like hustling and trying to encourage people to do it. And I still had none. Uh, but you know, it's like there are people I know that they can do it and it can work, you know, uh, past guests on the black cast and somebody who's, uh, you know, royalty at uh, AfterBuzz is Roxy Stryer. Yeah, she can get she can get patrons, of course. Oh, she does live stream on YouTube. She gets yeah. paid. <laughs> yeah, she does great. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm not that level of a personality. I'm in the back of the garage. If you want to see what's in these boxes, great. But I, I, I <laughs> so I, sketchy. Why would you say that idea that I would ask people for money for it? I'm just like I can't. But. And I think that's just my own my own uh, shortcomings. I, I agree with you. For a long time, I felt the same way. It's like, look, I'm I'm a chump in my bedroom, or I'm a chump writing these blogs, or whatever. But the thing is about After Buzz, whether or not we like to admit it or not, because I don't know if you guys know this, After Buzz does not pay us a whole lot. If I could be bold and blunt, is that for some people, that's like we're like their best friends. We we somehow broadcast into their bathrooms or to their bedrooms or whatnot. So if someone has the urge to, the shitty way to do it. I'm not trying to hustle people and say Patreon or else, sucker. But if someone goes, hey, look, I'll kick you three dollars a month or five dollars a month to, yeah. to get bonus content, then that's fine. That's why I mitigated my brain. But I hear you. I'm the same boat. Like I'm never thinking like it's good enough to to sell. No, and that has been the the best thing about doing After Buzz is getting to know uh, people that, that I wouldn't have met otherwise, such as yourself. And then you know you get some experience that, like I I wasn't good at a teleprompter like at all, and doing a, a well, it's not daily right now because there's no news, but I was doing a daily Marvel news feature. Uh, it really, it really helped me figure out. It's like, well, you don't just look at it and read it. You know, it's not that simple. You know, unfortunately, I wish. So, uh, you know, you get the skills, but the the people who like those shows are usually very welcoming and accepting. Except, of course, for on DC Movie News for the aforementioned Roxy Stryer. They write the most terrible things to her in that live chat, and I'm just, I'm just horrified by it. But she just shrugs it off because she's tougher than I am. Yeah, she's tougher than I am, too. Yeah, you have these people who like the AfterBuzz shows, and sometimes I'm like, do, how do they have time to watch all the actual shows and then the AfterBuzz shows? How do they even know who I am that they're taking the time to do it? And, you know, and it's like... Who 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 did watch the Chambers After Show? I mean, did anyone? I don't even know. I have no idea. In my experience, <laughs> it, it tends to be like people who are super fans, and there's some that just come to the chat. Like on the Running at Raw show, yeah. it's just a hangout with the same 30 people every week. It's like, hey, how's it yeah. going? How's no, Mar Marvel Movie News is like that. It's a lot of the same people week after week. And, you know, look, a lot of them also watch DC Movie News the next day, you know. But... It's just like, yeah, they they are very accepting. There's usually a lot of like, hey, where's this old host? What happened? You know, you deal with that at first. And yeah. it's like, oh, I don't know about the new people. And I would always write stuff like, yeah, I don't know about us either. You know? Right. But, right. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 all we can do is try our best. We're not going to be the people that you used to see on the show, but uh, we hope you like us. You are so right. The the wrestling shows were basically handed to me in September of last year. Uh, the, the last host, Evan T. Mack, got promoted to WWE. They signed him. Evan's great. He he did uh, Marvel Movie News just once, and it was so much fun to do a show with him. Oh, he is. I, I think people don't realize how much of a talent that guy yeah. is. I mean, honestly, I met him. 
again, back in my desperate to be on any show phase, sure, I sure. signed up to do a Super Bowl watch along, and he was there too. And he knew the sport, he knew it'd be funny, entertaining. We we're friends ever since. But when, when he got promoted to WWE, they gave me both Raw and NXT. Here's somebody thinking, I'll work two years, or maybe we'll give me an episode. Now I'm covering these big franchise shows yeah. for the network. And I would say the show is as slick as it always been, but there's some fans in the chat that goes, I miss Evan's personality. Of course. Well, I'm not Evan. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but it's always going to be a different kind of dynamic. So I totally yeah. relate. No, he was such a big personality. And like it wasn't planned. Just conversationally, all of a sudden we got into – you know, who, who would be, you know, who'd win in a fight, Batman or Iron Man, you know, because essentially, uh, yeah, because it's just more powerful. Exactly. But they're basically the same guy, you know, yeah, rich guy with a lot of gadgets. And, uh, and it just, it was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And we talked about it. We spent a lot of time on it actually. It was, and it was fun. And I was like, oh, that guy's great. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, you should come back on. And he left and had, gone to the WWE and I'm like oh right. man. so that, that ship literally sailed but <laughs> quite literally well Flobo uh, we'll, you're always uh, welcome to come back on the Black Cast when we have something new uh, to the, was the new content I don't know when we'll be on a, a show again for After Buzz I would assume Star Trek Discovery season 3 we yeah. don't have a premiere date for that but that's what seems the most likely Right. Uh, but or Chambers too, if they ever reboot. They it, very specifically didn't pick up another season of Chambers. They it said that somewhere. They saw our after show. They're like, we can't do this. Yeah, they were like, no, we don't want to bring them together again. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so we mentioned at the top of the show. But where are all the ways that people can find you and keep in touch with you? Oh, yeah. I am all over the internet. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at FloboBoys, uh, on Instagram, at FloBito. I'm on Twitch, at TwitchTV, slash FloboBoys. My website, of course, is FloBito.com. The Patreon is Patreon.com, slash FloboBoys. And you can support me by buying a t-shirt, at FloBito.threadless.com. So, oh. what, do the, what do the t-shirts say? Do they say FloBito or... Uh, there's the one, there's the, the, the shirt design I wear when I do my gigs. It says Flopito Tonight. It has like a little TV, like for the talk show dream nice. of it. Uh, there was one when I ran for public office and I yeah. came last place called Call Me the Mayor. <laughs> as, as you were, as you were talking, I was like, oh yeah, I knew I needed to ask you about one other thing. You, yeah. you ran, what did you ran for public office in Palms, which is, is that essentially part of Culver City or? It is the other side of Venice. Venice, yeah. Venice cuts uh, through that, but Palms is Los Angeles. So our grid is a little different. We have cheaper utilities but yeah 90034 is a county in the city of los angeles and so you ran for like city council or what was it so it's neighborhood council which is even hyper local i ran as yeah. a business representative which is nonpartisan and not based on anywhere i lived but because it's through the city of la you have to go through the same training as if it's city council like ethics oh, and, and money management and, and like conflict of interest training and all that and you had always wanted to, uh, you always had no interest in being a part of politics, and then you did it. And how do you feel about politics now that you ran for office? There's too much politics in politics, man. <laughs> uh, real backstory, real quick. Growing up, my dad is, is a, he's actually a registered Republican, but he hates guns. Uh, my mom never registered, but she's a liberal and she likes prayers in schools. So yeah. they argue about politics all the time. I always said, nah. But in 2016, uh, you know, when President Trump became president, there was a, a, a drive in L.A. to have more young people to get involved. And I said, anyone can do it. 
And like, well, you have the qualifications. I go, I guess. I looked online, and it was like, do you have a driver's license and a business license in Palms? I do. Okay, now I'm a candidate to run for the business representative. What I learned about politics, though, there are people that do it just to say they did it. There's people that do it to do it with the next stone. There's people who make back deals. Vote for me. I bring my pizza shop to vote for you. And you can run as a slate and have four people with four budgets running against you as a single person. And this is very, very hyper-local. So I came in last place, and uh, I just saw how things could be scaled right yeah, sure. <laughs> on a bigger scale and then i had the nerve of people ask me on the side hey man you'll be part of a community committee and it's like if i didn't make the team i'm not coming to practice like what, <laughs> what is going on uh so that was a cool experience <laughs> i learned a lot but that's pretty much done for me <laughs> yeah no no exactly and uh because that was while we were doing shows together you were running for office because i remember you were talking about it a lot yeah. And uh, I don't know, I, uh, that's another thing that I could never imagine doing, running for any kind of office where people had to decide that they liked me enough to check <laughs> off next to my name. Hashtag know? voice in the hood was my yeah. slogan. The fact that I have like, I don't know, 81 subscribers on the Blackcast uh, YouTube channel, I'm like, who? <laughs> it's the, the old parody of Jerry Seinfeld. Who are these people? You know, <laughs> I, see, I see that an episode of the Blackcast, I'm like, wait, 500 people uh, listen this week? Who are these people? Who's checking this out? Like, <laughs> who wants this? And I mean, I guess, to be honest, I mean, I, 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 I do have the, I have a couple of different areas. You know, I can do stuff on AfterBuzz. I am on Dennis Miller's show. He do, he's great to me. I get a lot of time on there to kind of say and do whatever I want. So uh, I don't know. I guess somehow I trick people into thinking I'm interesting or entertaining, and uh, everyone's every, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when I. That's when you know you really got tricked. Trick. I've. I think I've signed. I think I've signed an autograph once, and it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, what? Wow. Because it was it was an event for the for Dennis Miller's radio show. So I'm like, all right, well, it's not him signing it. So you know, you can ask me, but. Still, even that moment, I'm like, well, this is the this is the most worthless piece of paper that's ever <laughs> that's ever existed. That's terrible. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Flobo, this is great. It gave me an excuse to talk to you because uh, you know usually we've we've got to share the time with the other hosts and mm -hmm. uh, just sort of a casual conversation. Well, if there is a baseball season, uh, that should that would be a good time to talk to you. Uh, you know. Heading into it, we usually do actually a. We were supposed to have done. It would have been this week's episode actually of the Blackcast yeah. was our. We were going to do our MLB uh, season preview episode. Uh, I had I was uh, trying to figure out times with the two people I usually do it with, and then uh, they rolled up the uh, AstroTurf on the season, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we'll pray for the AfterBuzz Mets revival, right? Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Mets Rap 360. That was the That's first the show one. I ever did it afterwards. My first episode, we had Jim Brewer on in studio. So, Whoa, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so that was fun. And by the way, it's out there, people. You want to watch that, you can see it. And he he calls me out because I at some point in the middle of the interview, I just started sweating profusely. <laughs> and, it, and it was like I had like a knockoff jersey, uh, a throwback jersey from like the 80s, and it just the thing didn't breathe. Because it was it was it was a cheap knockoff version of it, so I just all of a sudden I was just all uh, you know it, it it's sort of embarrassing, but it's funny. Those anyway. deals will betray you. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Anyway, uh, flobito.com, that's where you should go and yeah. buy a t-shirt for God's sake. You know why not? I don't sell t-shirts because I don't have enough of them to sell. <laughs> you know, I, 
if I did, then I'd be afraid that no one would buy them and I'd be stuck with a t-shirt. So you see, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, that is all the time with Flobo. That is all the time for this installment of the Black Cast. But on our next episode, episode 369, we'll be joined by my friend Zia Anderson, Zia Landerson. Uh, just a little one-on-one. We're going to do another Zoom. We're going to be doing a lot of Zooms. That's the way, that's the that's our new normal, right, Flobo? This is how we zoom, do everything. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, man. Why not? It's a few yeah. now. Did you did you enjoy my shout out to Rex in Effect a little earlier with a boom boom? I, and I zoom did zoom? that. It was, it was yeah. very on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're very, very on brand. All right, that's all of our time. We will see you all next time on the Blackcast. All right, terrible Texas has to go take care of some business, but I'm here to say, have a nice day and listen to the damn show. Get you up, cold, flowing like a faucet. I mean to make you sit, I mean to make you jump.